Welcome into OC Fan TV, episode number four, after match week one of the MLS 2022-23 season, coming off of a 2-0 win over CF Montreal. How are we feeling, boys? We're all on the wall, tired, voice kind of broken, as you can hear me. Yeah, sunburnt, <laughs> voice cracking. But uh, we were out here for our boys on the wall and came out with a 2-0 win. How are we feeling? Yeah, I mean, it's a... Uh it was a good win today. I'm you know, excited to see the boys back in action like you hinted at. It was uh, pretty hot. We had two hydration breaks throughout the game today. I didn't think that was going to happen, but welcome to Florida in uh, February. You know, 950 degrees with the sun bearing down on you. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't expecting the uh, hydration break or water break either. No, I thought it had to be 90-something pitch side, but I guess it was, you know. Obviously it was because they had the hydration breaks, but... I know, I know I'm worn, but, you know, the uh, passion in the stadium definitely kept me up throughout the game, through the heat, so. Oh, yeah. The whole 90 minutes the fans were in it. Yeah, Things you for sure. See. Especially after, I was kind of, there, there it is, the voice crack. Um, especially after two red cards in the match, one for Montreal, you kind of heard the passion pick up, and then uh, we had a red card for Robin Johnson. Uh, so, after that, the passion picked up even more. You saw a 10v10 on the pitch. And we wanted to win, and we wanted to keep the lead. Uh, How did you feel about us playing with 10 men? Did you like it, Bryce? I mean, I obviously wouldn't like, want that to happen during the game, but the fans got behind our players, and we finished out the game, and we finished with a clean sheet. So Yeah, I mean, it's not always the first match of the season that you get a 10v10, two red cards, or a red card for each team to a total in the game, but I think the boys came out and played pretty well with 10 men for the last however 30 minutes 20 minutes of the match that Robin was out yeah I mean it's definitely not something that you're looking to see is your your team go down to 10 men you know get a get a red card especially off of two yellows it wasn't even just like a straight red you know it was accumulation but we rotated well we defended well uh, we forced them outside you know trying to loft balls over the top and make plays in the box which Shout out to our defenders today. Awesome game by them. The uh, pairing of Janssen and Antonio Carlos before Janssen went out was phenomenal. All game. Um, we said it before this, Montreal really didn't have any real shots on target. Pedro was just kind of making routine saves. It wasn't like he had to do anything crazy today to keep the clean sheet. But, yeah, I think we looked good when we went down to 10 men. Um, I'm happy with how we looked. Obviously, don't want to see us go down to 10 men consistently, but it's good to know that we can... We can do it. We can we can hold off the firepower. We can we can match the intensity of another team. So we saw us go down to ten men. We see Schlegel come on, and gosh, it is just going to happen on podcast, isn't it? Uh, we saw him come in in the 83rd minute. Facundo Torres comes off. How do we feel about Facundo's debut? Saw him for 83 minutes, 82 minutes. Facundo Torres is the best on earth. I mean, it should have happened during the game. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. We tried that chant a couple of times, but y'all don't want to listen, but it is what it is. No, Facundo looked good. Um, again, we saw him moving around the pitch between left and right side. Something that you and Isaac both noticed at one point was that all our attacking players were on the right side of the pitch, so it is a little worrying at certain times with the style of play he has and the lack of rotation that we see sometimes. But... I mean, Fukuda didn't look bad today. Uh, you know, he's he's definitely a player that plays with a lot of passion and drive and, and wants the ball a lot, and he said that, so we saw that today. 
you can definitely see why we paid seven million for him. He moves around the pitch. He has a good first touch. He knows where his passes. He he wants his passes to go, and I mean, he did he did what he needed to do in the first game. It, he's young. He's going to grow into the league, grow into the team. But in the first game, he he looked pretty good. Yeah, I would agree. I think even uh, like we said, like you said, sorry, um, we saw us clumped up on one side of the pitch. We saw Facundo over there. We saw Benji over there. Mm-hmm. Even Andres working his way up. Pato was kind of pushed to one side. Um, from the Wall's perspective, we were or they were all on the right side, mm-hmm. and then we just had Ruan pushed up on the right side. The so side, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The walls left side, right, attacking right. Orlando City's perspective, right, right side. side. So it was kind of weird to see that because we don't, we haven't really seen that. Sometimes Nani would drop back and kind of play that role, but I don't think he would ever shift over that far. And even if he did shift over, our midfielders would not press up that high, so we wouldn't see Andres um, that high. So I think it's just something that we gotta figure out and play through. Yeah, I think I saw a different. Tactically, I saw a different Orlando City today. Mm. You know, we we came out in that four-two-three-one look, but as we had possession, we kind of transitioned into a four-one-four-one, which was kind of new to see. Um, Andres was a little bit more advanced. Araujo kind of hung back for us a little while there when we were in possession of the ball. So I think that might have had something to do with it when we see one of the defensive midfielders push forward a little bit more, and then you know. With Facundo moving around, he ends up on the left side of the pitch. Andres is pressing forward. Mo's already pressed forward. Pato's, you know, so I think it's a new tactic thing, and I think it's something we're working through. It didn't bite us in the butt today, but it's definitely something for us to be paying attention to. You know? Yeah. New tactic, new tactic, sorry, new formation. Something always to pay attention to. So these tactics today kind of reminded me of a Premier League team, as in Wolverhampton Wanderers. We kind of sat back, gave up a little bit of possession, and just tried to play the long game of defending, getting a lucky goal. Um, it, it worked out in our favor. But today. Yeah, today, exactly, against Montreal, who may not be the strongest side this season. But I don't know if that will work against top half of the Eastern Conference slash top half of the league teams. Do you think that's something that we can make better throughout the season if that's the way to put it or do we need to try a different tactic and be more attacking slash have more possession yeah well it's just definitely not a tactic that works in the MLS the sit and defend and counter and hope for the counter opportunities because there's too much quality attack across the board it's too much quality attack there's too many mistakes 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 that are made in the defense that allow for those types of opportunities so Seeing it today, week one, you know, first game, like we said, it's hot. It, it, it affects all of them, too. So, you know, they're not moving around the pitch as much, potentially, and stuff like that. Now, consistently, I see us sitting and parking the bus and just hoping for those breaks. I'm not going to be happy because it's just not – that's just not winning caliber MLS football. And we've never played like that. No. We've never seen it. No. Definitely it, not. It's a, it's a different tactic. It's a different way to play. Bryce, do you think we can survive the rest of the season like that, or do we need to change something? Personally, I don't think we're going to be playing like that week in, week out. I think, I don't. So, Pereira and Araujo got the start today. 
I don't think that's our ideal midfield. I don't know if Mendez was injured or, like, not fit yet. I know Urso was coming off an injury, so he wasn't 90 minutes fit. So we played that midfield, and I feel like we just tried to absorb pressure and break when we could. But right when you saw Urso come onto the pitch, we got the midfield back, and we started playing more in the midfield, and we started seeing Mo break lines with his passing. So if we play like that the rest of the season, I don't think we can I – don't, I don't even think we'll be a playoff team, but – with our ideal midfield, I, I think we'll we'll be all right because yeah. Urso came on for Andres Pereira. Yes, and well, right out of halftime in the 46th minute, and that's when we saw that change in the midfield. So we played a whole half kind of sitting back like Wolverhampton in the yeah. Prem, and then we played a a whole second half with a little bit more control. Uh, well, we were already beating Montreal at that point, um, but I'd say beating them even more on the pitch. We yeah. controlled the game. We didn't let them get as many chances in the second half. So, obviously, that's something we'd like to see more. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I think we saw a change, like you said, tactically out of the half with bringing Urso on for Andres, who's – Andres is a more attacking-minded midfielder. Urso is more defensive-minded. So, I think that's what we needed was to give us that bolstering in the midfield defensively to get to establish that foothold. Because we saw the Montreal very early in the game establish a very high line on us. And yeah, yeah they, have, they had a good amount of pressure oh, yeah. for so, the first 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, they get a good string of possession. They established a very high line on us. We weren't really able to get a foothold in the midfield. And they were kind of just, you know, moving the ball around as they wanted. Whereas we saw second half, Urso comes in. We get a little bit more defensive ability in the midfield. We start gaining a foothold in there. We start getting strings of possession. So, yeah, I definitely like the team that we saw in the second half opposed to the first half I'm not going to lie also shout out three subs yeah, before, before yeah, 70 minutes yeah. and none of them I'm Tesho we're Tesho I'm Tesho hey let's go I mean if we're talking about a team growing let's talk about our manager growing that's growth by our manager right there I'm going to give credit to all of the people that showed up at points with Peru yep and absolutely bantered him about not making subs and why does Tesho play it's kind of crazy what happens. I mean, not to give 100% of the credit to the people that showed up to points with Perea, but even if that was kind of like where he flipped the switch, yeah, and that was the last percentage point that he needed to say, like, all right, yeah, I need to make subs. I need to make subs. There's other people that notice this. That's not just me sitting here thinking, I don't know. There's a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people with passion in this club that understand the sport and want to see our team grow. You know what I mean? And for a long time, a lot of those people haven't had the avenue to express those feelings and express those thoughts and, and, and make a difference for their club. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I honestly do think that, you know, personally you see it a lot in Europe where the fans make big differences in the clubs and in the management and the board and in the decision-making. So, I you know, I definitely think that you're starting to see that happen over here with our team where we're starting to get a little bit of a say in things and you know maybe like you said those some of the, it's turning some of the wheels like you know this guy may not be wrong he may know what he's talking about Tesho may not deserve to play over Jacqueline over you know like yeah. uh, you'd rather see Kara 
up there. Obviously. Absolutely. Colorado and Patso, 100%. Can we talk about that filthy first touch by Colorado yeah. there on the clearance? about him appearing in the second half. He did yeah. very well when he came in. Mm-hmm. You saw why we brought him in. We would play the ball up to him, and he can bring it down and distribute the ball very well. And then we made the mistake of trying to play the ball right back to him, which isn't technically his style of play, which I think that's something we're going to work into and, you know, all our players building chemistry together and time together. But, yeah, his hold-up play, phenomenal. His distribution on that hold-up play, I mean, we saw him take it down at the midline off of his first touch and lay it off to his left to Facundo. Beautifully, one motion, laid literally right off into Facundo full stride. You know what I mean? Like, that's the type of distribution we want from a number nine. Yeah. It's kind of nice to see because we really haven't seen that with Pato being injured. Pato being, between Pato being injured and Tesho being one of our main strikers, it hasn't been nice to us. So to finally see that quality number nine come in between him and Pato, it's been nice. All right, so quick question here. Pato scored in the final preseason match of the season and scores today. Do we think Pato is starting to find his himself a goal-scoring form a little bit? I think right now I keep him in the starting lineup for me. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to play with two strikers. I think him and, and Carter would be phenomenal playing off of each we, other. Me and Bryce, when we went out to the... Uh, to the preseason match at what was it Her- Orlando Her- Osceola Heritage Park in Kissimmee yeah. uh, we played FC Dallas and it was we played with two strikers to start the game and it was Caro and Pato but Pato just looked off the pace with two strikers obviously you don't want to see the guy do bad but he either the chemistry just wasn't there yet because Caro had come in new and Pato hasn't played with two strikers with Orlando City let alone really playing in a full game with Orlando City but he just looks off the pace. So that'll be something that they'll have to work on in training if they want to do. Um, or just keep with the, the one striker and Pato staying in form. Yeah. To be fair, when Pato was playing today, he really only got one opportunity. And he put it away. But, like, in the build-up and stuff, he didn't. He looked really, uninterested. Yeah, he, he really did not, like, add to the attack. So, yeah. personally, I, w- I would like to see Carr next game and maybe get... Pato coming in that 65th minute or something. But yeah, I, I will be honest. I agree with that. Pato did look a little uninterested today in the build-up play. He didn't look like he just wanted that long ball and to make that yeah. diagonal run that we've seen him do. But there's other football to be played. But, you know, what I mean, you can't just run around the pitch and hope for that long yeah. ball to find you. I can't disagree with that. I, um, that's Alexander Pato. He's had a career. Yeah. Not I mean, in major clubs, but... You, you see it, the, the flashes of quality yeah. at any moment. He Even at the end of last season. Yep. He makes people look stupid out there, yep. and he makes it look easy. But at the same time, you know, we can't we can't take it away from the fact that Carter came on and looked decent. Yeah. To be fair, who knows? Pato could have just needed that goal, and maybe next game we see him be more involved in the attack. Maybe he was just yeah. lacking form or something. Yeah, it also could not just be on him fully. It could just be Oscar saying, yeah, you're you're getting up there in age, I guess to say. So right. don't fully run yourself out in the first 45 minutes. Yeah, the first game Just wait for the ball to come yeah. to you and just and play it off yourself kind of thing. One striker that uh, didn't look 
fantastic today is Kai Kamara coming off the bench for Montreal. <laughs> we <laughs> see, it, yeah, we saw him with with Columbus. We saw him with Minnesota, Vancouver, New England, and and the MLS overseas. We saw him with Middlesbrough, but now he's just kind of he's he, a journeyman. Yeah, he's thirty-seven now. He's getting up there. Does Montreal need? Another man up top that's not the 37-year-old Kai Kamara to make a difference this season to get into the playoffs? Yeah, I would say so off of the performance today. I mean, that's what you, you go to your bench to look for late in the game is somebody to come in and make a difference. Fresh legs, find that goal for you. And he came in today and he didn't look good at all. So, yeah, I'm going to have to say they're going to have to find something else if they want to become a consistent playoff team, I'm going to be honest. And they started today, they started Romel Kyoto, the 30-year-old and Matko Milevich, the 20-year-old. So they have two different ages starting up top in the 3-5-2 that they run currently. But then they have Kai Kamara coming off the bench. So they don't really have that that difference maker. Robert Kyoto is getting up there in age. He's been in the MLS for a little bit. He was a difference maker. But but now right now, Montreal just doesn't have that guy to fully make the difference up top. Yeah, I mean, I think they're looking to their midfield in that 3-5-2, like you said, to be that goal-scoring, creating everything for them because clearly they don't have anything up top for them right now. Yeah. They got George Mihailovic, the 23-year-old American, uh, sitting there. They brought in Victor Wanyama two or three years ago from from England, from Tottenham, mm-hmm. unfortunate, but Ugh. it is what it is. So they're just kind of... I think they're in like a, a middle stage right now of finding where they want to be because they don't have a... An MLS Cup kind of squad right now. Right. Not to say that we're not trying to. No, right. Not to say that we do, but uh, right now they're kind of in the middle stages. They're in that stage of trying to find their identity of who they exactly. are and who they want to be. Like, I feel like, yes, we're still in that middle stage, but at least we found our identity as a club. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a team, as a club. Like, this is who we are. This is how we're going to play. So It's tough to say that about a club that's been around for longer than we have. Um but today, and even last season, I, we had like a tiny mini rivalry with them last season. Yeah. We had important games played against them. We had tough games played against them. Goals called off, 4-2, two red card games. Um, yeah, so it, it's tough to see them because you want to see a good game against Montreal, but today it was just kind of... By both teams. It, it, yeah, it was, it was very mid by both teams. We yeah, got two goals. It was very opening day. They, <laughs> they could have also easily scored on us. Oh, yeah. We were very open. Was, yeah, like you said, opening day. Yeah, it was very opening day. We were, you know, they weren't able to capitalize on us being out of position and stuff like that, and being wide open. So, us being wide open kind of seems like we wouldn't really talk about the defense in such high light. But I think we looked we looked decent in the defense, even with Janssen getting the red. Schlegel came on. We, we adjusted and played well. We already talked about it a little bit, but I feel like we need to emphasize it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, Antonio, shout out to Antonio for coming back, what, a week ago, two weeks ago, and coming in and just just man. sliding right in with the team, being full form, being full strength, full speed. He looked, he didn't, he looked like he hadn't been out of that team at all, like he had been there all preseason. Um, Juan doing what Juan does best, getting forward making some phenomenal runs, putting balls in boxes in the box. You know, I'm 
not going to say I was impressed with Joao, but he did what he was supposed to do, and that was stay unnoticed and not get his name called. And that's all you would really expect from a left back that's not really an attacking minded player. So he did his job, he got his job done. So, yeah, yeah defense looked solid today. I mean, they just came off of a 3 0 win against Santos. So to keep the clean sheet today, and like we said earlier, Pedro didn't really have to do a whole lot of saving. He didn't really have to make any phenomenal saves today, just routine, picking up the ball for ricochets and stuff. You talked about Joao a little bit, and you would normally see him in this kind of game. You would normally see him give up a a dumb free kick right outside the box, slash sometimes inside of the box, and we would normally give up a goal off that situation, but we didn't see that today. So is there a little bit of change in your mind about Joao, or is this just a good game from him that's going to blow over your head? If he comes out next week and does the same thing, I'm not, you know, I'll say that, you know, maybe he's changing, maybe he's growing, he's, but, I don't know. See, he's always been this player that when he's fully fit and, like, fully able to play 90 minutes, he's always been a good left back that has good passing abilities and can get forward. I would agree. But when he's been in Orlando City's squad, he's been injured most of the time. And even when he comes back, he's probably not 90 minutes fit. And that's when we see him give up a stupid penalty or free kick right outside the box. I'll just lose his head in the defensive third. I think, yeah, I mean, it could be growth. But of a player of his age and the amount of time that he's been... He's still only 24. He's 24, but he's been playing for a decent amount of time. Yeah, but he's been playing since 2021. So, in, in soccer terms, he should be in his prime. It depends on the player. Not every player's prime is the same age. Okay, well, he should be entering the years of his prime. I just wasn't impressed with him in L.A. I was not impressed with him here. The only time I've been impressed with him was the most back tournament. And that's to say that, it's like everybody else says, that I don't want to believe and I don't want to buy into it, but it was COVID year, people are coming back, they're playing in our backyard, and all, you know what I mean, in our facilities, da 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 not necessarily our facilities, but... Or Orlando. Orlando, these guys traveled 15 minutes to get to this, the place, and they're staying there, versus the hours that these other teams had to play. Let alone Montreal and Vancouver, the... Traveled. traveled from Canada, you know what I mean, in the cold and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Portland. For me, that was the only time that I've been impressed with him, and for me, that's the only reason he was impressive because at a full match speed in an important game, he has not been that guy. So, yeah, I was hope he can be. Don't get me wrong; I don't want to see any of our players be failures for us. I need them to come out here and perform. But I just, you want the best for him. Yes, of course. But if the best for him is over in the Rowdies, then I think that's where he should be. I'm dropping him all the way down to the Rowdies. I, I'm not impressed, but <laughs> I'll be fair. I, I, I think if he can stay fit, I think your rating on him would go up for sure. He's sure yeah. he showed he's a good left back. I also agree that. What? So I would also agree to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to changing my mind. He's injury prone. Yeah. That's just something we're going to have to deal with if he gets injured. But that's my thing is if he's injury prone and this is something that we're going to have to quote unquote deal with, why are we dealing with it? That's that's the way I look at it. Anyway, like I said, I'm not opposed to keeping an open mind about it. I don't want any of our players to look bad and underperform out there, but he hasn't uh, convinced me otherwise yet. Uh, they're moving from a player that 
Canaro doesn't like, to a player that Bryce is kind of, <laughs> he's going to go off in, on his own little tangent right here. Andres Pereira getting the start today in the midfield, but Bryce just doesn't like it. I'm just going to go ahead and mute both our mics for a minute. Yeah, that's you fine. Just, you just go, go for it. it. I just don't think, especially in this midfield, we got Araujo, a young center midfield that's never played in the MLS before. And we got Andres, another young midfielder. He had a terrible year last year. I don't care what anyone says. He went from 2020, he, we thought he was going to be the next thing. And he downgraded in form. And today we started him alongside of Araujo. And they kind of play the more, like same role. But Pereira likes to get up the field more. And whenever Pereira... Wait, wait, Pereira or Pereira? Pereira. Andres. Andres. All right, just, sure. yeah, Andres. There's a lot of... There's too many Pereira, yeah. yeah. Anyways, whenever he got the ball, which is the position he was playing in that Urso came into, whenever he received the ball, he would either turn it over or he would look to pass back, which I don't like. Because the position he plays in, if we're going to play a center midfield like him. We're going to need him to facilitate the ball into the attack more and combine with... So, no. so you wanted Caesar to kind of sit back in in that three, in the midfield three. Yeah. You wanted Caesar to sit back a little bit more and then Andres to step up a little bit and facilitate out wide or to Mo yeah. in that cam position. Yeah. Which he just didn't do or he would turn it over before he got the opportunity to... All his passes are going back. That's the only thing I really hate about his game. If I can find a stat on whether or not all his passes are going backwards, I will try to find one by the next episode. Okay, either, they're either going back or they're intercepted because it's I, a bad pass. I will 100% try to find where right. his passes are going. Let's see. Because I want to I see, see what percentage are going backwards or at least like to the side. I would, I, I would be interested to see that. Cause all right. Whenever I watch him, I just feel like he's either passing it back or he's trying to something on the ball and he gets it taken off him. Gotcha. And that's, I just don't like that, honestly. So I'll play devil's advocate here for a little bit just for conversation's sake. Um, so we did see, personally, I thought we did see Andres advance a little bit more up the field. But the problem was is that we were so unable to establish ourselves in the midfield that playing with that one central defensive midfielder look, it just Andres wasn't getting good balls. You know what I mean? When he was getting the ball passed to him, he had two or three defenders around him, so he was trying to maintain possession, in my opinion. Did you say one defensive mid role? Like, when we're pressing forward, when we had possession and yeah. stuff like that, yes, Andres would step forward. Heard. All right. So, yeah, we would play with one defensive mid, really, if we're attacking. You know? Yeah. I just misunderstood you there. Yeah. Heard. I hear that, but then we bring in Urso to replace him, and instantly he, he also has more experience. He knows what he to does. do on the ball. He does when to let go of the ball, where to put the ball. But he just combines with the whole midfield as a whole. And so, we, are either me and Kanata disagreeing with putting Urso in the starting lineup over Andres or Caesar? I th- I feel like we should all. Did, exactly, did I say? Yeah, I was gonna say. Honestly, I don't like Andres or Caesar in my starting lineup when we're fully healthy. You know what I mean? Like, I would like to see both of them coming off the bench. You know, it's and also it's also Mendes. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. You know what I mean? I just don't. 
Could have been injuries, fitness, I don't know. But it should be Mendez and Urso every game. Agreed. Yeah, I can get yeah. behind that one. Araujo didn't play a bad game either. He didn't it's his first game. game. Yeah. For the first game in MLS and what we saw coming out of preseason, what we were expecting, it was definitely a better performance than than what I expected to see. Yeah, he's definitely got room to grow. He's going to be, I think he's going to be a dominant player in this league down the road. But I just don't want to put too much pressure on him at a young age. And, you know what I mean, him get in there, make mistakes, lose confidence, and then become, for those of you who know, like Deli Alley at Tottenham, where you get a string of bad games, you get a string of bad confidence put into you, and then maybe you're never able to recover from that. You know what I mean? And you won't end up at Everton with Frank Lampard. Oh, no, it was mm-hmm. such a bad thing. Up the blues. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess you better with me. I'd like two games. Okay. Um, yeah. I think we're coming up on about 30 minutes right here. I think that was a pretty solid game recap, especially for the first match week. Yeah. I was kind of getting this together after the game. It was always good. Oh, good gosh. It was always good coming up to the studio with you boys after and uh, getting a good little talk in after the game. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, obviously great to be here with you guys, talk about this, recap this stuff, and it was obviously fantastic for you to be back in the wall today in the stadium. You know, I appreciate it. Everybody coming out there and giving as much as we gave because I saw so much passion out there, even outside the supporters section. Um, the uh, the ref belongs on OBT chant was always echoing throughout that stadium. You know, so it's great to hear. Uh, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, I definitely enjoyed myself. What about you, Bryce? It was a good opening day. I mean, we went out, we played okay in the first half. We came out in the second half, we played even better got two goals got three points and it was just it was a good day all around hanging out with my family my brothers in the wall again all right Nothing's i got better hold on i got one last point slash question for you guys really quick just to end the podcast how do we feel about don dwyer scoring for atlanta or or just being in that squad period mm-hmm. yeah all right so that's how you feel cut on it <laughs> He's uh, removed from our all-time starting 11 forever. I can disagree. Would you, all right, now here's a better question. Would you rather have Kyle Lane in there or Don Dwyer? Kyle Lane. I was going to say Kyle Lane and go to United, so there you go. Well, there you go. Don Dwyer out of – get him out of our history books. Yeah, he's done for. Don Dwyer's done for. Can't wait to we made you. We made, snake. we made you, and then you want to go and join our rivals. So Apparently it's all about the money. You know, it's not all about the money, though, this podcast. We love doing this for you guys. And uh, give us a quick follow on Instagram so maybe we can make money one day. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening, and uh, see you later. Follows.